You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and again for late Wednesday edition of Locked On Browns, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. At Lockdown Browns on Twitter, follow back account as you guys always know. Uh, we'll continue through here with the week. Um, and some Brown, uh, some sad Browns news. Uh, we'll get into, and it's actually worked out well for the guests we're having tonight because, uh, you know, a little bit older than me, but certainly remembers you know those golden era years for the Browns in the eighty in the eighties as we're now you know hearing of the sad news uh, for Coach Marty Schottenheimer. We're going to get to all that in a second here with Steven. Wednesday's edition of Lockdown Browns is brought to you by Bilt Bar. Go to BiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, no space, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Steven Thomas from the OBR, kind enough to be here, not 100%. But you got to find a way to make it through here, folks. These are tr- these are trying times. Stephen Thomas is one of those guys. Steve, my friend. First things first. Um, congratulations on the Holly Boob side. I'm sure Holly Boob side <laughs> for you and some of your buddies were were busy over the weekend. Obviously figuring out how to make that all work. But otherwise, how we doing? Oh, you know, well, we're boobalicious apparently. It's uh, <laughs> it's always interesting out here. You know, uh, it's. Uh, one, one thing about L.A., it is never dull. But, yeah, we're doing all right. Um, you know, ramping up into the offseason, finally accepted the fact that it's over and uh, they're not going to give us that game. So uh, let's focus 100% on the offseason and see if we can take that next step next year, which I think they can. And I know you agree with me. Uh, 100%. And, and, look, and I think it's even, you know, look, if anything, you know, it, losing to the Kansas City Chiefs, that was that the game was just that much more important because you now literally have, you know, your bullseye in front of you, whether it's the front office, whether it is the coaching staff, whether it's the players, this is the hurdle. This is, you know, who we want to be. And this is who we got to knock off to get there before we get to all this stuff though. Um, sad news, uh, Steve, uh, you know, Marty Schottenheimer, um, looks like the end is near, uh, 77 years old. Not, you know, not a very, very old man. Um, but Steve, just you know, take us through some of those memories. Uh, you know, in the glory years of the 80s, obviously never to get over the hump. But, you know, Marty, Coach Schottenheimer, huge, huge part of the era. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, when you talk about those teams and, you know, as uh, as a, a man of a certain age who was a teenager during that, that's that's my identity. You know, uh, the cardiac kids and the Bernie years is who I grew up and, and imprinted on. And you can't talk about those teams without talking about how Marty came in halfway through uh, the 84 season. They were one and seven. uh, And everybody I remember at the time, everybody was like, who, why, why are we hiring this guy? Like nobody was like fired up or anything. It was just like, okay, whatever. He's just an interim four and four. And then to the playoffs the next year and, you know, off and running after that. And just, just a good man. You know, I mean, I don't recall, you know, Marty Ball became to symbolize a certain style that the analytics folks, young analytics folks from today, their hair would catch on fire. You know, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, control the clock, 
play strong opportunistic defense, you know, uh, he would definitely punt from the opposing 41 yard line. You know, <laughs> he would, he would drive these young kids out of his mind today, but at the time that was how you won football games and he won a ton of football games. So there were a lot of people, uh, you know, whether you agree with him or not, that, that said things about his style of coaching and the teams that he put together and the offense that he ran and all that kind of stuff. But I never, not once ever do I remember hearing anyone say anything bad about the man. Um, and of course, you know, again, I was a teenager, so maybe I wasn't paying that much attention, but it, it, I don't remember anyone not looking up to Marty Schottenheimer as a, as a young person, a young athlete, as a father figure uh, that they still to this day uh, remember. I mean, you look around Twitter today, the, all the former Browns players that are out there, Metcalf and Felix Wright and all those guys that played for him, they all just, had nothing but complimentary things to say about a man who at the time, you know, we thought, a, a you know, a one playoff appearance in 12 years was a long drought. And, and he, he brought us out of that. He sort of brought us back to, uh, to prominence. And then, yeah, when he was let go, it was, Oh, he can't win the big one. He can't win the big one. And then for 30 straight years, we were, you know, boy, we'd love to go back to not being able to win the big one, but actually getting there. So, you know, uh, with this disease, it's just such an awful thing. You hate to say that maybe it's, uh, God, I hate to use this phrase, but maybe it's better that it's ending rather than hanging on through this for years and years and years. Because if you've had friends or family that have done that, like I have, it's just awful, awful to watch. Um, so we're going to miss him, but maybe it's better for him to not be in that state and in that kind of pain anymore. I just I just know I w if I ever got the chance, I would say, hey, thanks, coach. Um, I remember a lot of that stuff and I respect you because all the men who played for you respect you as well. And that was the thing, uh, you know, seeing this news here and uh, reaching out, uh, you know, obviously we've had former players on here. There's, you know, a bunch of former players that, you know, we interact with on social media and reaching out. And that was actually the consistent for most of these people was, is it's really, really easy to give your all and go the extra mile, run through the brick wall, essentially when it's somebody you truly feel feels the same way about you, cares about you, right. is willing to give you five minutes when you're, and this is one I got today, I'm not saying the name, when you're 21 years old, you got a shit ton of money and no idea how to balance a checkbook. Like this is literally <laughs> what came from one player today. He's right. like, I don't know if I have money. And, you know, coach, he said coach was essentially explaining to him, that's okay. How much did you spend? You're going to get paid again next week. Like, you know, I mean, the young man obviously just had no, you know, he knew the contract he signed, sure. but that's about it. Had no idea what is essentially worth, what money meant as far as cars, rent, food, this, that, and the other thing. And actually it said, Coach Schottenheimer actually sat down with him for a few minutes and tried to explain to him his financial situation and the fact that he was looking at a small house and he wasn't sure if he could afford it. And Coach Schottenheimer kindly explained to him, you can afford the house and the one on the left and the one on the right. <laughs> so it's, you know, that was just the type of man he is, he was, and obviously you know, not to take anything away. This is a Browns podcast, but went on for you know, a, a nice run with the Kansas city chiefs as well. Um, sure. Just, you know, and obviously lineage, uh, you know, within the game, um, you know, the Schottenheimer name. Um, so, you know, obviously all the best of the Schottenheimer family with everything they're going through and you never want to see it. it it's terrible. Um, but, you know, sadly, you know, things sometimes don't go so great when you get old. And it's just the best to the Schottenheimers. We'll be back in just a sec. A little bit more on Lockdown Browns. Steven, 
Senior Bowl week in the books. To get the game in, to get the game to go off without a hitch, to actually get to play the game, um, then you end up with, you know, some players, happens every year, of course. This had nothing to do with it, where some guys, that's enough, I'm good. Or, no, I'm actually not going to take a hit. And then the next hit I take, I'm actually, there's going to be money involved for the next hit I take. So, yeah, I'm here all week, but I'm going to have and I will say the Reese's Pieces bucket dump at the end, chef's kick. That, <laughs> that was, was really, great. That was really – and because you know right now for years to come, there's going to be kids going to that game saying, I want to be part of that bucket dump. You know, they want to be the guy that's maybe assigned to it. Um, and obviously just showed a great job with, uh, you know, obviously what Brian Flores did this week. Um, and I was on a show earlier today. And, guys, I said this not this past season in 20. I said this in 19. The Dolphins are going to be something to deal with. Brian Flores is an incredible coach. They are – they've already done a tremendous job flipping around that roster and a ton of assets still to continue to flip that roster. They're going to be a pain in the neck. They're going to be a pain in the neck for a while. But, Steve, some thoughts, some players. Uh, in your opinion, you know, I, I don't want to – I hate the who made money this week. They all were going to make money somehow, some way. Um but your opinion, Pete, I mean, Steve, who were some guys that went there this week and stood out a little bit more? Or for you said, oh, you know, I know you, you're always with the, you know, the rollover look like, okay, you have my attention just a tad bit more. Go ahead, sir. Well, first of all, you said, what's uh, your opinion, Pete? So I have to spend five minutes talking about Jarvis Landry's, Landry's contract. Um, that's by law. Um, yes. And you can pay Amari Rogers one fifteenth of it and get similar production. <laughs> That's my coup de grace to it. <laughs> I love needling Pete about that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, it, don't stop it, it literally don't stop him. No, and that's why I love it. And you know, I, Pete knows who Pete is, and he's okay with it. And I, I respect that. I love that. It's fantastic. And hopefully, he knows that when I do needle him, it's you know, it's in good faith, and just because I, and I'm here. like George Carlin said, I know why I'm here. I'm here for the show. So you know, it's just entertainment. Um, but as far as the senior bowl, <clears throat> I was very interested to watch it this year because, as you know, the scouting, uh, there, there are sayings in the scouting community, and one of them is you don't use the showcase bowls or the combine to drastically change your grade. You use it to confirm things that you think you saw on film. Um, obviously, measurements and times and all that kind of stuff, that's important to get that nailed down. But usually, you shouldn't be changing guys, you know, multiple rounds because of an all-star game, an exhibition, really. This year is so weird. I wonder yep. how much of that actually happened because let's say you had a guy like you and I both like uh, uh, Fatu Malafanu a ton. We've been on him that train for a couple of months now, and he went and showed out at the Senior Bowl. But let's say you were somebody who wasn't really all that in on him and you saw how well he did there. Does that change your opinion because – the film that we do have this year, I mean, half the guys didn't have any film. Uh, um, so guys like Ambry Thomas and Ellerson Smith and the other ones who opted out this year, this was a huge week for them. But even the guys that did have film, do you put as much trust in it as you do in a normal year? If they had three big games against teams whose defenses, you know, half their defenses were out with COVID. I mean, do you, do you trust that as much as you do? Or did you use this a little more than you would in a year's I don't know the answer to that, but it's fascinating. And when you, and when you think about, <clears throat> since there's not going to be a combine, at least in any traditional sense, we're not going to have a combine or anything. And that the number of visits and 
the research and interviews that they can do has been drastically cut down. We may not have any new information uh, between now and April, hardly any. It's, I was thinking about this the other day and I couldn't wait to come on and talk to you because <clears throat> no way in hell guy might have a point this year because <laughs> you know people aren't gonna be moving up and down a lot because there's simply not going to be any new information, not very much anyway, coming in between now and April. So will we see those guys that are currently 157 on the big board that end up going at the end of day one and vice versa, or will everybody pretty much stay where they, I don't know. I don't know. But there were a lot of guys that had uh, better weeks than we thought. Uh, Baron Browning among them. I was, I was really impressed with the week that he had. Uh, after not really, there's definitely a chuckle between me and you inside on that one, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, again, you know, I've seen him in that mid to late day two range, most of the year to early day three, which seems to be right in range with <clears throat> what would make sense for this front office to take another stab at linebacker. He's big, he's fast, he's strong. His tape has been uneven for a few years, but is that somebody in that range that they would take a shot at? I, I I don't know that question, but he did do himself some good. He he went out there against the top competition and uh, showed that he can do all of the things that you ask a modern NFL linebacker to do. So, yeah, there were, there were some guys <clears throat> that really had great weeks. Um, Ellerson Smith, who I mentioned before, was among them. Um, I thought Ambry Thomas, after sitting out the year, and uh, uh, Thomas Graham, also sitting out the year uh, for Oregon and Michigan, respectively, really, really showed that, hey, you know what? I've been gone for a year, but I can still play football. You better pay attention to me at the corner positions, uh, which was particularly of interest, of course, <clears throat> excuse me, as uh, as Browns fans. And uh, some other guys, I'm sure there's others. I just, I just can't come up with them at the moment, but yeah, it was interesting. And and the notes that we've had in the OBR about the guys that they met with that uh, you wouldn't have thought that they would have met with those guys. Um, so it, it was a fun week. Uh, like you said, just the fact that they got it to go off basically without a hitch was a minor miracle in this day and age. And uh, kudos to Jim and all the folks down there. And uh, and uh, it was certainly fun. It was the last basically the last football we're going to get to watch of any kind for a few months. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. I, and that was the thing. And I think that's where, if anybody, if you didn't get the time to actually watch the game, that's you know the one thing, I mean, you know, it, it, a lot of people would just say, Oh, do you want to watch the senior bowl? You want to watch the combine? I watch the combine. Um, guess what? Right. <laughs> Not an option this year, folks. Um, so you know, that's difficult. Um, yeah. And I, I think this is one of the biggest things. Now, what do you do with a guy like Graham? What do you do with a guy like Jamie Newman? Um, you know, so these guys didn't play any football and now you're here trying to shake off the rust going against some of the absolute best that you're going to be competing with for these same draft spots. Mm. And, you know, it, it certainly didn't help either one of them. Uh, so, you know, it, it, but the, what do you say? Do you say, well, you know, how do you put in the accountability of, you know, well, we understand he didn't play. Okay. Well, that's great. But what if we take him and, just you know, for some reason, it's just not right. there anymore, and it makes for a really, really, really tough spot. Um, I I believe, and I'm sure you're probably on board with me. Um, if you're a smart organization, um, you may say, you want to know what? If I can double back, you know, triple back, you know, get myself to you know five, six picks on day three if I'm a good team, or maybe even you know pushing over some of them picks to 22 where I can actually mm -hmm, maybe have mm -hmm. a whole draft experience. Uh, and I think that's probably the toughest thing is, you know, what exactly did you, 
you come away from because you come away from this week because a you know you don't ever want to fall in love with somebody in mobile um but b you know even if you did it's all right we're gonna see this kid in three and a half weeks coach where do you see this guy i'm telling you the way he played down in mobile he if he tests like we think like he told me he's gonna test and it's just not gonna be the case and it's you know and, and like as you were saying you know, I mean, we right now could be, you know, speaking about a player and, you know, here's, a, as always, to, you know, no way, you know, here's to you, no way in hell, guy. Um, <laughs> you throw out a random name, you know, I don't know if he's top 80 or top 160. I mean, it, it, you literally have no idea of knowing this year. And it's, you know, uh, you have the incredible evaluators and draft you, uh, uh, you know, Dane Brugler and, of course, Daniel Jeremiah, Lance Erling, uh, you know, Jordan Reed, all these guys. But, the, you know, it, it whatever you board you put out, I mean, they always do the huddle report does that, you know, mock draft contest for accuracy, this, that, and the other thing. I mean, good luck because I mean, it's going to be a crapshoot other than Trevor Lawrence. Um, you look a little pale. I hope you invest really, really well in sunscreen because you're going to be in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, <clears throat> I mean, we've been looking ahead to this for a few months and saying the same thing. It's just going to be, a draft cycle unlike anything we've seen and anyone especially this early anyone saying oh well i know exactly how it's going to go well you're fooling yourself and everyone that's listening to you because uh, i would not be surprised like you said if especially drafting at 26 if there's a move back uh, at, at least one to try to collect some assets um, either more day two assets if they can pull something like that off or move them into next year when you're going to have a better idea of what you're spending that draft capital on because for a front office like the one that we currently have and uh you know i've been calling them uh, the lambda lambda browns uh lately uh it's um you need I that information how many get that reference yeah only people our age um there's um they rely on a lot of data and they're excellent obviously at breaking it down but they need the data to to do that now it's not saying that they don't have film guys obviously they do and they're really good at that too but you need all pieces of it to run an office a front office like they do now i'm sure whatever they do uh they'll evaluate at 26 and all of them but especially at 26 that's when everybody likes to talk about what's the best fit if some guy that they currently have ranked seventh on their board is there for whatever reason especially if it's a position of need they're going to, you know, they're going to run the card up if there's actually a podium and cards to be run up. Um, <laughs> if there's not, you know, they're going to be listening to those teams between 35 and 45 and asking for more and pushing stuff into next year, because especially with the cap dropping um, and expected to, you know, knock on wood, hopefully take a large jump up next year. Maybe you want to push everything back there. I, yeah, there's no way to tell. And this is the fun part. Uh, and it's also the frustrating part this year, you can make a case for about 10 different approaches for the Browns. They should do this in free agency and push this position off to the draft, or you can flip flop those and be just as right, just as justifiable in either way. And, and so we have to wait for that first domino to fall. I've had people asking me all the time, you know, cause I do all the mock drafts. So like, what position, what position, what position on day one? I'm like, I, until we see what they do or don't do in free agency, there's no way to say that because you could talk to me about six different positions basically right now. And I'd say, yeah, I could see that, you know, and they can't do what they're going to do in free agency until Roger Goodell tells them what the cap is. So 
uh, we're all sitting here waiting and guessing and just trying to, to uh, you know, investigate as many angles as we possibly can. And luckily, uh, two years in a row, which is odd for Cleveland, it looks like the free agency class and the draft class have strengths that, if not perfectly match up, match up with plenty of opportunity. Um, so I think they're going to be okay regardless. There's 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 guys out there that can help them take that next step that we've been talking about. And I trust this front office as much as any I've had in my lifetime to go out and get the get the right ones from those guys. Yeah. And, you know, this is, you know, all of this right now is this is what, you know, the issue is as far as, you know, with COVID, as far as the salary cap with an analytically run front office, um, when you're going to get down to it, you know, these type of people, as intelligent as they are, they don't want to say, well, what do we think of said player? Well, we're incomplete on said player. Mm -hmm. Said player didn't play in 2020. Affects the film grade. Said player, we don't have official combine numbers. That affects the total grade. You know, uh, of course, then you add in age and you add in so many other factors. Um, And normally, you know, educated people, analytically thinking minds, say, well, I'm not making this decision with, the, you know, as much information at hand as I'm comfortable, which puts them in a very, very, very tough spot. Um, and, you know, you want to shoot from the hip, that's fine. Um, but also now you're shooting from the hip on some guys who played six games, some guys who didn't play any games. So for those front offices, they're just as screwed anyway. But, you know, so it'll be fun to see how it goes for everybody. Uh, but, you know, Senior Bowl week over and the wraps, we'll start to see what actually becomes of the rest of the 20. 21 NFL draft cycle and, you know, just hoping we can get as much out of it as we possibly can, because, you know, a lot of people really, really live for this process, enjoy this process. Steven is one myself, obviously, but, and to not really essentially get to have it, it's, it's tough. And it's even tougher for these kids because there's got to be some of these kids that, you know, you're going to listen to the whispers and, you know, next thing you know, you think maybe you're going top 35 and there you are on Saturday morning, you know, saying, Oh man, I hope it goes quickly because it just we're really in a really difficult spot here with this draft, certainly in a tougher spot than last year's. We're going to get to a little bit more here with Steve before we put a bow on this as his voice is doing all it can to stick with us here before he goes and mixes himself a hot toddy. Are we ready for some football? As we head into Super Bowl Sunday, the GOAT Tom Brady versus maybe the only one currently playing the game who could possibly have the opportunity to one day take that claim. The NFL regular season, the NFL postseason is just about over. It's tough, but hey, we had the season. That's what matters. There's only one place that has you covered, and one place we have and one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, all caps, no space, for your 50% welcome bonus. It's not just the NFL. NBA, <laughs> NHL, college basketball, anything you need through Bet Online. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKDOWN, all caps, no space, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sports book. Mechanics and do it yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockPhoto.com, always prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. RockPhoto.com is for everybody. 
and it does not require a membership or an account. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably, uh, remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Steve, I put this out on Twitter last night. And ironically, weirdly, one of my tweets did pretty well. Um, <laughs> favorite taking away the two Steelers win uh, to close out the regular season, uh, the postseason win. Taking them out of the equation. And guys, for some of you who still answered the Steelers wins, I hope you're joking. Or Reading is hard. Sue, or sue the school district who taught you how to read. <laughs> uh, Steve, for me, and I know with you, and you can start with it. And I, I think that one, there's no doubt about it, it's major. Um, but I maybe have one a little higher. But go ahead, sir. Well, I mean, any win. I mean, you could tell me the Texans win was your favorite win. You know, the, <laughs> anytime the Browns have more points when the clock hits zero, that's one of my favorite <laughs> games right there. Um, <clears throat> but if you have, yeah, if you force me to pick one, I think probably it's got to be the, the game at Cincinnati with the, with the game-winning drive. I mean, the, the Titans game was a blast. The Cowboys game was a blast, but they were sort of, it was weird because it was, you know, a tale of two halves. They went out to these massive, leads and then we all panicked as the you know the lead shrunk and shrunk and shrunk whereas had those two games gone the way the game at Cincinnati did I think people would not have been so panicked about them because it was back and forth and back and forth all day but I think the biggest thing and we talked about this after the Steeler uh, the the Steelers game when they were starting to come back in the playoff game and Baker went out and took charge after it was 28-7 and went let him down to another touchdown just put the team on his shoulders he did the same thing in that final minute down in Cincinnati. And I know you and I were in agreement that he was going to come out and ball this year. We never doubted uh, that he was the guy. The questions were legitimate, but we I thought he was going to answer them in the, in the affirmative. But that was the proof. That was the moment. Because we've all seen, as Browns fans, we've seen that game, that first 59 minutes, a thousand times. You know, they get a fourth down score with a minute left. And, you know, it, it's the cartoon anvil falling on the Cleveland sports fan head. It's OIC. And he just basically went out there and it would there were no fluke plays there were no you know madcap scramble there was it was just okay guys come on we're gonna go score a touchdown a minute three I know I only need 58 seconds let's go and he did it and just I mean boom 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 game was over and then in the post game yeah he was excited but he was basically like okay now we gotta we gotta go on to the next game and you throw on top of it the fact that it came the week after they got their heads handed to them in Pittsburgh. They bounced back and won on the road in the final minute. That was the moment that, for me anyway, any lingering questions about whether or not Baker Mayfield was capital V, capital man in Cleveland were off the table. He's the, he's the man. He established it that day. He said, this is my team. This is my franchise. You all follow me. I'll take you to the promised land. And he did it that day. And that probably was the loudest, well, except for when, except for Maserati in week 17 when he clinched the playoffs. The touchdown to, to DPJ in Cincinnati was probably the loudest I've yelled at a Browns game 
since the Marty Schottenheimer days. It was electric, and that was my favorite for the entire year. I, I and that's where I, I see all of this. And but there's for me, there's even you know a, a couple more takeaways from that day. And yes, it was about that 103, <clears throat> and it was all right. I don't care that 24 is not here. I don't care that 77 is not here. I don't care that 13 most likely looks like he's now gone for the season. It's now or never. And you want to know what? They brought me here to do this. Yep. This is what I was drafted number one overall for. This It doesn't matter that people are missing. At the end of the day, it comes down for me to make this happen. And he did. But at the time, there was that, you know, after the drubbing, and now at the point he had lost badly to Baltimore, he had lost badly to Pittsburgh. But at the time, there was the, wait, were we getting too excited yet again? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That win in those situations, missing a lot of people. And then you said, all right, we're, we're back in this. We're in this this year. Um, I'll, I'll still just go to Tennessee. And, and it was for many reasons. It was taking Derrick Henry out of the game mm-hmm. in the first half. and But playing him well at the time. It wasn't like the game dictated him being taken away. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. defense was doing it as well. And then it got to the point of, well, what are you going to do now? You like to run 22, 30 times a game, and you can't. And, you know, Baker that day, and, of course, the only, you know, vertical deep shot in the entire damn season, the Donovan Peoples-Jones. And that's when it was because it was Tennessee and it wasn't Cincinnati. That was the, oh, wait a minute. See? You know, and some of us were trying to tease and say the word playoffs. But, you know, if they did not pull that one off, it was going to be, you're not there yet. You're not ready for primetime. And that was the one. And, you know, granted, then the next couple of weeks got a little eerie as the COVID, you know, the COVID curse finally found its way to Cleveland for a couple of weeks. But I think that was the one where it was, you know, things are good. You know, Cincinnati was big and it was big for obviously all the reasons you mentioned. But Tennessee was the – no, there are no aspirations that are too fluky right now. You want to say – and I remember talking with Mark Sessler during that week, and you know, he mentioned, you know, the Chiefs. And, you know, we both talked about, you know, this is your measuring stick. And we both had talked about we maybe have a style that the Chiefs, unless they play really, really well, might have an issue with. Because mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, as great as he is, wearing a mask, sitting on the sidelines, he can't score. And those are some things the Browns could do because their offense was humming at the time. So, I mean, any way you want to slice it, those are by far the two most important of the season. No doubt about it. You know, Cincinnati and, – and the other thing was it was we can't lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, and that for me, that was the – this is where this franchise is at now. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're mm-hmm. not Bengals bad. All right, guys? We may be having some problems, but we're not Bengals bad. And then Tennessee of just that – 30 minutes of just, you know, Baker just, I mean, he, he, he looked at the hand and almost like he saw the flames like in the cartoon. <laughs> um, just a hell, of a hell of a run there. Steve, we can't let this go without Super Bowl, you know, without talking Sunday coming up here. Um, Tampa and Tampa, Kansas City Chiefs coming to town, already won in the building, 25,000. Some thoughts here, what might unfold on Sunday. I think there's going to be a lot of tweets about the difference in age between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. That's is there? Well, a I do think it, I do think it's funny that Tom Brady's 43 <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes' pops is 50. 
I, I mean, that, to me, that I do find a little bit funny, yes. Well, <clears throat> I'm one of those guys, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm actually rooting for Brady to keep playing because uh, it's nice to have, you know, someone my age to play with. You know, he's one of the, he's one of the kids my age on the block to play with him and, and uh, <laughs> uh, some of the other guys, you know, that are in their 40s. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's easy to look and say you can easily make a case in your head, okay, on paper, that there's just no way. The Chiefs are unstoppable, this, that, and the, and the other. But then it's also just as easy to look around and say, you know what, they've got a defense that might be able to slow them down just enough. And with the problems they're having on the offensive line, with, uh, you know, who knows what this Barber COVID situation is going to happen in the next few days. I mean, if that was the Browns, we know half the team would already be ruled out. But um, I – if you force me right now to pick, and in the COVID year, I like to wait until right before the game because you never know what's going to happen. If you force me right now to pick, and people aren't going to like this, but I'm going to go with uh, uh, with the goat to to pull off the upset. He's it's ridiculous. I mean, you keep looking at it, and you know at some point, Father Time is going to win. You know that. I mean, he's going to, but. Year after year after year, you're like, okay, Father Time, come on, you know what? What are you caught in traffic? Let's go. This guy, this guy's. Why are you penalizing me twice, but you give him a free pass year after year? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I can't get out of bed without going. (laughs) I crack for 15 minutes, and everything hurts until noon. And this guy's out there throwing 40 touchdowns. It's it's crazy. But meanwhile, you and I sprain an ankle trying to put on a slipper. (laughs) <laughs> I just I just walk around barefoot anymore. It's just easier. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think honestly, I think he's just on a mission, and I have yet to see Tom Brady on a mission be stopped. I, I just haven't seen it, and and he's kind of like he's kind of like getting to the point now where the San Antonio Spurs were for the last five or six years of their run. Everybody, every year, oh, they're too old. They're done. They're too old. They're done. And then you look up and they're in game six of the finals. I had three to two until I got to the, they could all ball out, but they were all balled by the end, but go ahead. Yeah. I just, I got to the point where I was like, okay, you know what? I know they're going to lose, but I'm going to wait until I see it. And that's kind of where I've gotten with Tom Brady. I know at some point he's going to get old and he's going to lose, but you're going to have to prove it to me at this point. So I'm going to take, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take the Bucks and uh, and the goat uh, on Sunday. For me, you know, and I'm guilty of this for so many times now, although I did pick both Giants Super Bowls. So at least I had that one going for me. Um, You think, you know, there's but the running's been up and it was going into Washington and, you know, Washington with a plucky effort. It was going into Orleans and, you know, Drew, sorry, I'll throw a couple passes with your kids afterwards. Because you're going to have all the time in the world to do this now, so I'm going to look even cooler by throwing them a couple of passes. Even though you know I got a plane full of people waiting for me to get our asses back onto Tampa, and then going into Green Bay, and I think now, and I still think Kansas City is going to win. But from the Brady perspective, I think now it's it's looking at New England and saying, you know, it's not that he didn't get his credit, and obviously, you know, he certainly did, along with Bill Belichick. But for him now, it's I'm this close without Bill. Uh, you know, I'm I wouldn't be stunned if we're talking 800 passing yards on Sunday <laughs> if the weather in Tampa allows. I, I mean, I because I just we know what Mahomes can do on an average afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brady understanding, you know, I may have to literally go score for score, even though they're going to do the ugly monotony of, hey, let's get to second and eight by giving the ball to Leonard Fournette. 
um, when you really don't have to. But I, I think it's just going to be lit up. And, you know, I think Mahomes, I think Mahomes, and this is things we talk about with Baker Mayfield all the time, is, you know, he throws at an interception and that's all right. We'll just go get 80 on the next play. Don't worry. I'll find Tyreek. We'll, we'll fix mm-hmm. that real quick. Um, and, you know, Brady obviously, you know, has the opportunity that with Evans, with Godwin, <clears throat> I think that you can do enough to pull this off. And I think there's mismatch problems. But again, I wouldn't be stunned. And at this point, I mean, even if you're like the staunchest of Tom Brady haters, it's like one of those points where you just get up and be like, all right, if everybody just applauds and gives him a standing ovation in unison, maybe he'll move on. <laughs> maybe this will be it. Maybe he'll find the one way. Nothing else It's always you know, that one little stinking hater to say, hey, you want to know what? Giselle don't want me home anyway. So, you know, I'll be back ready to go sometime in April. So, um, so it's going to be a good one. I, I'm really, really looking forward to it. And the fact that we can be talking about Patrick Mahomes with a pair of Super Bowl rings at age 25 is just mind blowing. Um, but you know, it's just the career arc that this young man has headed on. Steve, uh, it's always a pleasure. Um, again, like, you know, I always, just, you know, first things first, I always got to make sure I hit record on these. Um, I, I talk with Steve a lot. It's, it, it, it's not just football, it's life. It's the fact that we're kind of close in age and, you know, whatever the other one's going through, we kind of understand um, good or bad. Um, you know, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's always a fun ride having Steve on. I'll let Steve give a quick thought here as you know, we're getting short on time, but I do, as many of you know, um, I had a daughter born severely premature. So tomorrow when I'm blowing up the Twitter timeline, as I talk about my micro preemie, uh, actually becoming a teenager tomorrow, uh, definitely just kills me chills. Um, Hope, you are a blast in the glass. You are the modern-day hippie, but Mommy and Daddy love you very much. Yeah, I mean, I really I don't want to say anything about football after that. I, I want to pass <laughs> along my uh, my happy birthday and, and all the other good thoughts and everything else uh, to, your, uh, to your offspring. Because, you know, what 13-year-old girl doesn't want to hear happy birthday from a strange 50-year-old man that she's never met? I mean, I'm sure it'll be the highlight of her day. Um, <laughs> I encourage you to tune into minute 36 to make sure she heard that as well. <laughs> Happy birthday, young lady. Congrats to, uh, to you and mom and, uh, to all the Browns fans out there. It's going to be a fun off season. Thanks uh, for coming along for the ride over at the OBR. Uh, of course, always make sure you're checking out everything at the OBR. Uh, Steven has just been a fantastic over the edition over there and doing things his way. Make sure you're following the OBR and of course at Browns mock draft at Jeff underscore uh, LJ underscore Lloyd. Show yourself, Lockdown Browns, iTunes, Spotify, subscribe, rate, review. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.